let's talk about being an awesome room parent, supporting teachers and your school and getting extra time with your child in the classroom or on field trips. Being a room parent can be so much fun and a great way to be involved on campus. If you're a room parent this year or are considering taking on the role in future years, this podcast is for you. I'm sharing so many awesome tips for how to make this job not too complicated or stressing, how to do signups and plan parties, how to work with the other room parents, and my favorite really creative and next level ideas for times when you want to make it extra special. I like being a room mom a little bit more than what is probably normal, so I'm really excited to share all that I've learned in my eight years of room parenting. Room parents and future room parents, you are my people, and this one's for you. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. Welcome back to the podcast. As we are approaching the end of summer and the start of the school year, many of us are thinking into the school year what it's going to look like. And with all the changes that have gone on in the past year and a half, two years, for many of you that are room parents or thinking about being room parents, this is such a cool time to like dive back into school and community and supporting our kids and our teachers and our staff and the whole community at our schools. I absolutely love being a room parent. I love teachers. I love supporting teachers. I think that when teachers feel appreciated and loved, and I think a lot of times teachers get, you know, they get the problem emails, they get the complaint emails. So to help support them in a next level way, I just love, and I think there aren't many people on the planet I am more grateful for than educators who, you know, dedicate their professional lives to educate and not just educate, especially with little kids. It's also about caring for them and loving for them and supporting them and helping them grow in all ways. So I love teachers. I love supporting teachers. I've had many requests over the years to do this podcast, and I try to pick podcast subjects that would you know, apply to most people. And I know a lot of people are younger or older that listen to this podcast and might not have kids or might not, you know, they might not fit the the time in their life where they would consider being a room parent. But I thought, you know what, forget it. I have so many tips and so many things I wish I would have learned when I started being a room parent. I'm gonna do a podcast all about being a room parent and all the things that I think like I said, all the things I wish I would have known, all the ways where you can make it really fun and serve your teacher and your class and your school in the best way, but also not make it be a full-time job for you unless you want it to be, unless like this is your thing, you are embracing it this school year, this is how you're gonna spend most of your free time, then more power to you. If this is something that's more of you know an add-on to your already busy life, I'm gonna talk to you about how you can do things in a really great way and have everything feel special and thorough, but also be really efficient with it. So first up, ask the teacher all the questions in an organized way. What do they like and what do they not like? Ask how you can be the most helpful. 
I love this at the start of the school year, basically saying, tell me what you love and say, you cannot offend me. I always do this. You cannot offend me. What do you like and what do you not like? What do you want me to be involved in? What do you want me to stay out of? How can I be the most helpful? And this will really kind of be your North Star and help guide you through the year so you know in their mind what is your ideal role. And then that way you aren't you know, spending time and spinning your wheels doing things that maybe you end up running by your teacher and they don't approve because that's not what they really needed help with or they want to do that on their own. So ask your teacher all the questions. What do they like? What do they not like? How could you be the most helpful in general? Because all teachers are different. Grades are different. So it'll be interesting to see what they say and you can kind of plan in your mind around that. Also, along these lines, have the teachers feel, fill out awesome teachers' favorites forms. But I'm telling you, I've spent hours, hours looking online to find good templates each year, and it doesn't exist. I mean, not to say that I've exhausted the entire internet for teachers' favorites forms, but I've exhausted the internet for teachers' favorites forms. Every year I make my own based on different things. I always put in little restaurants or kind of pick up salad or sandwich lunch places close to the school as as part of it. So it's very custom. It's not just like a download one. I find that the ones online are always cheesy or I don't know, like old fashioned. Your teachers are people. They don't want things with apples. They don't want every gift to say number one teacher. They don't want every teacher mug possible because they're also humans in the world and they don't need everything labeled with the teacher. It's kind of like if my sister has cats, she loves cats, but she's like, please stop getting me things with cats on them. Like that's not the entirety of who I am. So with teachers, I think you need to make your own teacher's form, make it really personal. Do some things that are really good for like if someone, you or someone else wanted to do a little surprise, like pick up a little Starbucks or bring a little breakfast to school or at the end of school, bring a little goodie, whatever it is, or also bigger things. If people wanted to give a gift card or bring something for a birthday or a holiday, I try to include everything on this. I've learned that if I don't, then later in the year, I'm asking, oh, hey, what would you order from Starbucks? What would you order from a juice bar? What would you get? You know, so put it all on there. And then don't keep it to yourself. Email it to your class. Say here, and if you have more than one teacher, maybe you have a teacher or a teacher's aide, have both of them do it. And then you can email the class and say, you know, keep this on file anytime. Here are the birthdays of our teachers. And if you want to do a holiday gift, or if you just want to give them a little I'm grateful for you something on a random Monday or a Friday or whatever it is. Here are things that they love. It makes it easy. It helps support your teachers in a way that's very little effort for you because now you have, you know, your community, your other parents saying, oh, what a great idea. Thanks for the information. Actually, I will grab them a salad or whatever it is. So it doesn't all have to fall on you. You're kind of the communicator and giving them the ideas and also the specifics. I'm telling you, I've found that if you make it easy for people, a lot of times they'll want to be involved and they'll want to contribute and they'll want to support. Speaking of parents, ask your parents for feedback as you go so you know your audience. Sometimes in a class, you will have parents who want to be super involved and they want to, you know, if you if you sign up, send out a volunteer sign-up list and there's limited spots, it'll be filled within the hour. Other times, not so much. Sometimes they'd rather contribute items to a party. 
And other times they don't even want to do that. Sometimes they'd rather just say, hey, let me just, let's just make it as easy as possible. Let me Venmo you and you handle it. So find out what works best for your group each year. That way you're not pulling teeth. If you have a happen to have a class that is more hands-off, that way you're not trying to kind of constantly send reminder, reminder emails when you're kind of just pushing and it's just not what your crowd is looking for. Sometimes you'll have a mix. Sometimes you'll have it skewed one way or the other. So ask your parents for feedback at the beginning. I think it's really worth kind of feeling them out and seeing what they are interested in so you know what to expect and you know how to gauge your audience. So that's fine. If people want to Venmo, then maybe when you're going to do a holiday basket, you say, okay, I've, I, you know, the value is going to be this much. We estimate it'll be $10 per family to contribute. Contribution is optional. Send it my way if you want. That way you're not chasing your tail trying to meet up with people at school if you have everyone bring in a candle or you know different items to contribute to the basket. That could work great, but not if you don't have that group of parents. So figure out what it is and don't kill yourself making it a certain way when you could make it more efficient. I feel like I've done this so many times and I've really felt like so many times I'm like, I could have made that way more simple. So don't make it too complicated. Oftentimes you can get to the same result with your teachers or with your gift or whatever it is, planning a party without making it way more complicated and taking up, you know, entire days or huge, huge box of time. Sometimes you can get to the same result in a much more efficient way. Another tip, make sure you know about any kids' allergies or photo restrictions. That's always great to find out at the beginning of the year, especially if your school is one that allows birthday treats or desserts. That way, if you know of any allergies, you could alert the the whole class and make it so that way if they're doing cupcakes, the parents know, hey, we have two kids that need to eat gluten-free. Please bring two gluten-free snacks. Or maybe you alert the parents of the kids with the gluten allergy and say, hey, just so you know, we have a birthday coming up. You might want to send something special for your child so they're not left out. Again, one of the things that I've kind of learned the tricky way where all of a sudden I would have the first class party of the year and there was one child who I found out that day they had an allergy and I felt terrible because I didn't have something specific for them that they could really enjoy. So I always ask at the beginning of the year, well, usually the school will tell you if there's any children that have asked not to be photographed, just so you know that way if you are going to set up some sort of photo sharing program, but also allergies. Ask at the beginning, that way you know. You can notify the teachers if they don't already know. You can notify the rest of the parents. That way for parties or birthdays, we all know and we make sure that we include those children in their own special way too. Now, if you want to do, if you want to be next level, if you want to be a next level room parent, set up a WhatsApp communication. So it's like a group text for your class, but it's on WhatsApp. So you send reminders like morning reminder, today's pajama day. Now, this is definitely more work for you, but parents find it so helpful. You know those things that it's spirit day, um, today you don't need a lunch, it's pizza party, whatever it is, all those things that are so easy for us to forget when we have so many things going on. I've had, I've done this a couple times, I've had a couple parents do it, and I find that it is 
so helpful. But again, ask your ask your parents at the beginning. For some people, that might be too much correspondence. They may prefer just to be on email. Other parents love it. Like, yes, please, thank you. I would love those reminders. Or when we had Zoom meetings, when the head of school at our school was doing Zoom meetings, I would send a message through the WhatsApp and say, hey, just a reminder, here's the login at 10 o'clock if you are interested in what's going on with all the new COVID restrictions and the changes, here's the logon because there's just so many things to remember. So if you wanna be next level, again, it's more work for you and you have to make sure that your group of parents wants that much communication, but it can be so helpful in reminding people of things. Okay, let's get on to email tips. So. There is a very sweet spot, I think, between don't include too much information in your emails to where it's overwhelming, but also don't send emails so often that it's too much. So wait to gather enough information so you aren't sending those emails too often, but also don't wait too long to where it just becomes way too much to digest in one email. I also always ask at the beginning of the year if anyone wants to be removed at the start. Many families just want one parent on the emails. So like, for instance, I'm the room parent and my husband opts out of the emails. He just knows I'm going to handle it. He doesn't need to know that it's pajama day. It's just kind of like, you know, more more emails kind of clogging up his email each week that he knows he's not going to look at. So I say no I promise no hard, no hard feelings. If anyone wants to be removed from this email list, please let us know. That way we can remove you and we won't be sending you all the updates. So that sweet spot between email, don't send too many, but don't wait to where it's way too much all at once and then give them the option to opt out if both parents don't wanna be on the email correspondence and getting all of these updates all year long. Sign Up Genius is your best friend. Use signupgenius.com for volunteering and to have people sign up to bring items in. It took me a while to really learn all that Sign Up Genius can do, but it's great. It's free and it's the best way and the most fair way to open up time slots for people to sign up for things. So I would send out an email and I would say, okay, we have a class party. We are limited to six parent volunteers. The sign up is going to go out Monday at 10 a.m. That way, everyone has a fair shot of signing up. Some people are on their email more than other people. And it's a bummer if you are one of those people, maybe you're in meetings and you don't know to expect it. And then by the time you see the email, all the spots are taken up. I try to make it as fair as possible, give everyone an equal chance. This is also something you want to talk to your teacher about and see how they feel. Maybe you say, once you've volunteered for a party or for a field trip, please wait until we've given all the other parents an opportunity. So maybe if the sign up comes out at 10 a.m. on a Monday, maybe you'll say, we're going to give everyone who hasn't volunteered a chance. And then maybe by Wednesday at 10 a.m., if there are open spots, if you've already volunteered, go ahead and sign up because we've given everyone else you know, enough time by then. Really, it's important to try to make it really nice and fair. You'd want it to be that way if you weren't the room parent. And it just keeps your group happy, happy and together and supporting each other with no hard feelings. Again, it's a little bit of hard extra work for you, but Sign Up Genius is the best. 
It allows you to sign up for specific times. If you've never used it, it's just so fantastic. Also, if you're doing a party, so say you're doing a holiday party and you're going to do a craft and you're going to do s'mores and you're going to do a picture thing, you can literally put every single thing you need. Who wants to bring two packs of marshmallows, two boxes of graham crackers? It's all on one page and everyone can just click. This is what I'm going to bring. Make sure you include the details of when and how they drop it off so you don't have lots of questions and it's done. Sign Up Genius can make your life so easy. For things that Sign Up Genius doesn't really do, I'll just use a regular Google Doc and I'll set up a Google Doc since it's always changing and always updating real time live and I'll send that out. But for the most part, Google, I mean, Sign Up Genius can do most of it. Next thing, figure out creative ways to appreciate teachers that are easy and not annoying to parents. So maybe you'll do this on their birthday and on holidays. And you'll do something a little bit bigger. Or maybe you'll do something to where one year, and I think it ended up being a lot for parents to do throughout the year, but maybe you do the first month of school, every Friday someone signs up to bring a coffee for the teacher and the teacher's aide. So maybe it's a short period of time. Or maybe you say for the month of December, every Friday or every Monday. So that way it definitely doesn't require all parents to be involved, but any parent who wants to. And it's something that's little. It's under $5. It's bring a coffee. It's bring a breakfast croissant, whatever's on their list. But I think that sometimes as long as it's not mandatory, it is so great to appreciate teachers. Just throw out the idea. Totally optional, not a big deal, not expensive, not hard to do, not time consuming, but just, you know, something thoughtful. I love it because, you know, we always appreciate teachers on their birthday and usually during holiday season at the end of the year. But if we can sprinkle in a little bit more appreciation, I just think it goes a long way. Think about our, you know, when we have our kids home for six hours straight, oftentimes they're making messes, they make a bad decision, they're frustrating, they pick bad timing for something, whatever it is. And our teachers are not just dealing with our child on their tough days, but, you know, oftentimes 15, 20, 30 of them at once. So I always remember and appreciate. I try to sprinkle those little appreciation knowing that those rough moments are going to come. And I think that when they feel appreciated, it makes them feel less exhausted and and less overworked and overall appreciated that we know, even though we don't see all the things, even though we don't see all the times they walk them to the bathroom or, you know, help them find their water bottle for the 17th time. We know it's happening and we appreciate it. Let's talk about parties. I think it is so important to plan your parties ahead of time. Use Pinterest, use Google images and ask your teacher and other parents, maybe parents who have done the grade that you're in, what's worked best in the past and run your ideas by your teacher or the teachers in your grade if they kind of all work together ahead of time before sending it to the class. I love this because it's super efficient. So maybe your teacher says, okay, you can pick a treat, you can pick a craft, and you can pick an activity. So you say, great, here are two ideas for each of them. What do you like best? That way you're not double doing it. Not like, you know, that way it works out well the day of. And also sometimes I've learned that you may send out things to parents and then you CC the teacher. Then the teacher says, actually, that doesn't work. And then you're going back and changing things. I always run everything by the teachers first. 
And there's just so many resources on Pinterest and Google Images. I usually start with some sort of idea, whether it's from maybe the class has a tradition or just something I saw. I always do one big one big look for inspiration at the beginning and then I let the ideas run wild and I plan it from that. In my opinion, the hardest part about being a room parent is being on a committee. So sometimes some schools, I know you'll have a co-room parent, so there are two of you doing it together. So there's more communication and more involved. Other times, I know some schools like all the room parents in the whole grade to kind of be in sync so that each class in the grade has a similar experience at the Valentine's party or at the end of year party, whatever it is. So you may have a small committee, you may have a big committee, but in my opinion, this is the part where it can be the most time consuming or frustrating or I don't know, most inefficient. So for me, make it easier by making it simple. I try to divide tasks to avoid that over communication. You know that when it's just too much correspondence, like if you're group texting all day, every day, and you're just like, oh my goodness, we're kind of just like going in circles here. I found that if everyone has their own jobs, you have to be able to release that they're going to do it their own way. It makes it easy. So maybe if you do for a party, if you have an, a treat, an activity, and a craft, maybe the three of you split it up. And so you say, okay, I'm doing the treat. I'm going to do the treat in my own way, the best way, the best idea. I think I'm going to run it by the teacher, but I'm doing the treat totally on my own. That way you're not all talking about all the different parts and it just becomes like lots of communication for what ends up being a one hour experience in the classroom. I'm all about efficient and also avoiding conflict. I think sometimes it's, you know, it can, it's hard on email or on text to hear the tone and different ideas. And maybe people have a totally different approach than you do. I find that if you can kind of separate out the jobs, it makes it super efficient and there's less friction. Also, when you're planning this stuff, don't take on all the cost yourself. Figure out what the school rules are and what the teacher rules are and the preferences. But even if you're doing the craft all on your own or the treat or the activity, do one of the signups and have the parents um, contribute things. Have them drop it off or send it into the class with the school a week ahead of time. Or you can even do an Amazon wish list and say, hey, I created this wish list. These are all the things that we need for the party. No obligation. But if you're up for contributing, you can literally just add it add it to your cart and it'll ship right to my house. Super efficient way to make it easy for people. You know, that way you don't, you're not telling, you're, you're not sending everyone out on a target run for a $5 item. I love to figure out different ways that it makes it easy for people to help. So they're happy. They're happy to contribute. You're not taking on all the cost yourself. You're getting help, but it's also not having everyone running out doing errands and, um, you know, giving one more thing for people to do. Teacher gifts. I absolutely love get creative with teacher gifts and think about what they would actually want. Like I said, they're not just teachers, they're people too, and they don't want only things that say teacher, as tempting as it may be. Really use their favorites lists. And gift baskets are the best. That way, different people in the class can contribute to a birthday or holiday or end of school year baskets. They could Venmo you money and you could get one kind of gift card and then add in some nice, cool things based on their teacher favorites list. So you could be adding 
candles or chocolates or magazines or a couple different gift cards. Maybe do iTunes and Target and Amazon, whatever it is. Gift baskets are just fun. It's more exciting than just a gift card. But I think a lot of times, you know, money, especially around the holidays, is the most appreciated and what people, most people would want more than anything else. So like I said, know the school rules with collecting money and items before you hit go, but consider gift baskets. I think that they are really fun to put together and to gift. They're exciting and memorable for your teachers. Let's talk about the perks, the perks of being a room parent. You get extra class time and oftentimes priority to things like joining on field trips or just being in the know of what's going on in the classroom. Oftentimes you develop a sort of next level relationship with your teacher. So maybe they'll email you or text you even pictures of your child doing something specific or at a party or they'll let you know when your child accomplishes something they've been working on. You just have a special relationship, an opportunity to get to know your teacher that most parents don't have. And depending on your school, oftentimes they'll say room parents get the first priority to chaperone on field trips as a thank you for their time and hard work. A lot of times, especially as your kids get older, the majority of the work of being a room parent is emailing and correspondence and collecting the class and and all that stuff. A lot of it's computer work and secretary work and organization. So it's nice that there are perks, extra class time or priority to do certain things. I think it is well worth it. Now, like I said, it can be complicated and time consuming. But I think if you plan ahead and get creative and don't make things too complicated to where it takes over your whole life, it can be so great. And also take the time to do it more special than what's expected, but in a really organized and efficient way. Sometimes I'll hand make things, but I'll do it ahead of time so it's not stressing and it's actually fun. I'll do it with my child. Maybe we're going to do a thing where we take a photo of each child and put it in a picture frame ahead of time and then the child decorates the holiday frame. So maybe it, it does require some work putting them together at home, but I'll have my child do it with me so it's fun. It's a fun activity that we do together. It's special bonding time. They know it's special that they know that you're the special room parent and they have pride putting that together for the class too. Other times when it's something that is more labor intensive, I will get smart with it. I will plan it ahead of time. And then when I have a babysitter, so say you go out on a date night and you have a babysitter, lay it out for them and say, okay, when the kids go to bed at eight, we're not going to be home till 11. So from eight to 11, will you please get as much of this done? organize this or set up this or, you know, do a couple of them, whatever the craft is. Maybe you're putting together little baggies, um, stuffing things, whatever it is that you don't want to do, do it ahead of time. So you're not scrambling and staying up till two in the morning the night before, but do it. So then when you do have helping hands or family or anyone around, but especially paying a babysitter, I love to utilize that time when your kids are asleep or your kids are watching a movie in mellow you're paying someone anyways. And a lot of times the young sitters are happy to help out and do something else. So plan it ahead of time, have the supplies ready, anything that you don't want to do, have help with it. So it's not too, it's not last minute and complicated and you're not, you know, 
spending the hours that you should be sleeping, putting together gift bags that you could have had a babysitter do when they were getting paid anyways a week earlier. I'm telling you, supporting the teachers and the staff is the best. The perks are really cool. It's just such a cool thing to do. And I really think our kids forget a lot of things that we do for them. But I think that being a room parent is one of those things they are more likely to remember just because it's cool. It's special when your mom or dad pops in and they're able to help out with something special. And you know they're, you know, like an ambassador for the class. It's cool. One next level idea that I love, again, it's more time, but if you're organized throughout the year, it's not that difficult, is make a photo book with pictures from the year and make it on Shutterfly. So you make the whole thing on Shutterfly and then you send a share link to all the parents and they order it on their own. So they can change the front image. They can put a picture. I usually will just put a a class picture of the whole class. But if they wanted to, they can still go in and edit it. They can put a picture of their own child on the front of the book, whatever they want to do. But it is a very, very cool way of remembering the year, wrapping up the year, summarizing the year. So what I try to do is I ask parents, either I'll set up a Shutterfly photo page where teachers and parents can upload photos. That's really nice and organized. Or... Sometimes it's difficult for people to really remember to do that and get the app or things like that. So I just tell people, hey, email me or text me your favorite photos or your best photos if you volunteer in class or you stop by or you get any cool pictures of the class doing anything or group photos, send it my way. I keep it on a folder on my laptop. And then at the end of the year, it really takes me like less than two hours to put together the entire book because I have the the photos already all organized. I just do them straight in chronological order. I fill them in. I try to make sure that each child has, you know, pretty equal representation. And then you make a book. Then all you do is pay for your own book to be printed and all the parents of the class can decide if they want to pay for their own book. And it's, it's just a very, very cool way to wrap up the year, have a cool thing, but it's not at your expense. When I first started doing this, I was giving um, parents like an end of year gift. Maybe it's a framed picture of their child or a, a mini photo book. But the thing is, there are a lot of kids. It all adds up. So this is a great way to organize all the photos, have a really cool end of year gift, but everyone pays for their own. And they're so grateful that you did all the work putting the actual book together. They're happy to. And it's on them. Also, being a room parent is personally rewarding. It's fun for you to do if you make it fun. And like I said, any of the parts you don't like, make them as minimal as possible and get help with. And really focus on the parts that you do like and getting to know the kids in your, your child's class a little bit more because you're able to spend more time in the class. And It's just so good to be a part of the community and help the community and be invested in the school. I can't tell you how many times I never do anything with the anticipation or the idea of getting something back in return, but I can't tell you how many times something's happened or my child has, you know, gotten hurt a little bit at school or wanted me or struggled with something and a parent or, I mean, sorry, a a teacher or a faculty member reached out, you know, kind of like that above and beyond call the call of duty, like when they're, when they reach out to you and you're like, wow, that was a really nice. Thank you for letting me know. Or thank you for letting me know they forgot that I'm going to run it to school. I just feel like when you are investing in the community and you're giving your time and your energy and your love and your appreciation, good things come back to you. 
you develop relationships with people. And I find that so often than not, like I said, I never do anything. I'm not like, I'm going to really take care of this teacher and give them little gifts so that I, you know, get something in return. Nothing like that. But that's just what happens. It's like, you know, kindness always comes back around. So I think it's so personally rewarding. And I think there's always little benefits and, and cool things that are helpful to you and your child and to your family. Remember, in signing up for this adventure, don't make things too complicated. Don't take things personally and have fun with it. Plan ahead of time so you're organized and you're not scrambling. And the whole process is fun, not just the end result. You enjoy the process of planning the party or the craft or the activity or the treat, whatever it is. But not you enjoy the process, not just the 20 minutes when it actually happens. I think that being a room parent has, there's so many different ways you can do it. I think that you need to lean into what your teacher wants, what's best for the class, and what you enjoy. What are your strengths? Why do you want to do this? What's the most fun for you? How can you build a deeper connection with your child in the process and make it easy, make it efficient, and make it fun? So you love the process, you don't dread doing it, and you can't wait to do it next year. I hope you learned so many great tips about being a room parent. If you were on the fence about doing it, I hope I was able to convince you. I think it is so good for everyone involved, and I think it's so important going into it to know these things so that it is awesome and rewarding for you, for your teacher, for your class, for your child, for the school and community as a whole. I think it can be such a rewarding experience, one that I've loved and I hope to do for many, many years in the future. Thank you so much for listening. Let me know what you want to hear. Like I said, this podcast came from so many people asking me questions about being a room parent. I'd love to do more podcasts specifically about the things that you are interested in. So ping me on social media, leave us a note. Make sure you sign up for our emails, everything.com. You can sign up for our emails so you know when new podcasts land or I post on new awesome things or awesome Amazon finds or cool discounts or sales. That's the place to get it all. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.